This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are are made. I'm Corey Provis from Target Field today. Twins wrapping up a three-game weekend series today in downtown Cleveland, winning big on Friday, 10-0, losing yet again in extras 5-3 yesterday. So a good day of programming coming up. We thank Derek Wetmore for his show. And now we start with Inside Twins. And our guest on our Sunday afternoon is the president of baseball operations. Always great to catch up with Derek Falvey. Joins us from the Twin Cities. Derek, good morning. Good morning, Corey. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you with us here today. And you are here and a lot going on, both in terms of the big league club on the road and minor league season underway. As you kind of look, I guess, at both teams right now, are you going back and forth or is your main focus with the big league club or also keeping tabs on what's going on down the street in St. Paul, too? Well, I think I think it's always both uh, to some degree, and this is it's been a great benefit to have uh, to the ability to keep one eye on the minor league club just down the road, as you just said. We uh, I got a chance to get over there for our opening night uh, and connect with some of our group and have seen some of the players and staff that have gone uh, that have been over there for a while. So it's a it's a good a good setup, no question. You know, we've we've talked a lot about that, but we're excited about having our minor league group. Obviously, with everything going on in the major league, still quite a focus there, and looking forward to getting our team back here tomorrow. Uh, Derek, a lot to get to on the show today, but let's stick with the minor leagues, if we can, just in this in this context. The Twins are 16 and 29, and normally you can supplement your roster with players that are performing well. Uh, but given that the minor league season began a month late, and for many there was no season last year, uh, some got a chance to play at their club's you know, alternate site, as the Twins did in St. Paul. But, but the lack of not having a minor league season, how has that impacted the moves that you ideally would have wanted to make internally but just have not been able to do so with a lost minor league season? Yeah, it's been a, a big conversation for us really going back to last year when we were training our players from a distance, uh, doing some work in, in instructional league in the fall, and then ultimately getting everyone back together after we broke major league camp uh, in, in Fort Myers. And I will tell you that it's pretty clear across the game. There's a lot of rust, which is not to be unexpected uh, for a lot of these guys, you know, especially players who were uh, not in you know major areas or even back in the Dominican or Venezuela, just difficult to play baseball over the course of the last year. So we've, 
uh, we've certainly given our guys some time and some runway to get going. I think we want to give everyone a good foundation before we let unleash them as we go. We have seen some of the, the challenges pop up, whether it's strike throwing for some pitchers or, uh, or even hitters, just a lot, of, a lot more swing and miss across all of the minor leagues so far this year. And I can owe a lot of that to the, to the lack of season. So we're, we're hopeful to get guys going and then eventually be able to put them in position to, to call them up from AAA. And I'm sure injuries are popping up at the minor league level as they are with the big league club, including a roster move made today. Yes, we did. Uh, and injuries, as you said, are across the minor leagues, you know, getting through some of this early season, uh, some of these issues across the game. But at the major league level, Kenta Maeda, who I know Rocco spoke of uh, yesterday in his post game, you know, when he came out of the game there, dealing with some groin tightness that he's now dealt with a, a couple of starts in a row. Uh, we don't think it's a long term concern. Kenta doesn't, certainly. But when you have it in back to back starts, you stiffen up a little bit as you're getting into the fifth, sixth inning there, your pitch count uh, kind of where where it was. Uh, that means probably something we need to get ahead of here and not let it linger weeks on end. So we're going to put him on the 10 day IL and recall Nick Gordon. Uh, Nick, Nick will come up to help us. I know we've had some guys a little dinged up and banged up on the position player side. So this will help us here in the interim. I want to get back to that momentarily, but with, with the Maeda transaction, I believe that's now 17 times the twins have used the major league injured list so far this season, even going back to Eduard Colina before Josh Hamil uh, before Josh Donaldson's hamstring injury, uh, game one of the year. But 17 IL moves. Do you know how that compares across the game? But that's been about average per team at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been higher. Right? You know, we just talked about it a bit in the minor leagues. We're seeing that across the minor league game uh, right now in the first two, two plus weeks of, of a minor league season. You are noticing that there are more IL placements than we're used to. Uh, that was also true at the big league level. And fortunately for us, you know, despite our, our performance in, in a lot of ways on the pitching side, uh, our, our guys have stayed on the field, stayed relatively healthy. I think we're running into some of those issues now. These will be things we are going to need to navigate. We know that last season was a short season. Uh, we know that our group uh, prepares really well, does everything it needs to do in the training room. Our, our medical staff takes care of those guys. But at the same time, we know that there's going to be some some injuries along the way. So I think all in all, we've actually been a little healthier uh, than than the average team you know, with IL placements. But we have had a lot of day-to-day -day issues, you know, guys holding out for a, for a game or two. You know, Nelson Cruz clearly after the hit-by-pitch the other day still feeling some soreness and effects of that. We've had a little more of that than I think the average club. And Nelson Cruz not playing today. Neither is Jorge Polanco. And for us, and I'm sure for you, the concern is, and Rocco said this uh, verbatim yesterday, that the injury for Polanco is in the same spot with his ankle that he had surgically repaired twice the last two years. Is there more concern because of the injury history with that ankle? There's definitely more concern anytime you have surgery on it in an area and you deal with something subsequent. That, that would be true of any body part. I think in Jorge's case, certainly something we are well aware of. Uh, we knew this could be something that could persist at times for him, deal with some soreness. Um, this was, however, not something that uh, just popped up out of nowhere. He did have a slide where he kind of jammed it a little bit into, into a base. And as a result of that, it, you can kind of point to an acute issue that, that may have flared it up. So our, our hope there, I know that sounds, that may sound counter to what you want to hear, but sometimes it's better to know that you can point to something that may be a, an issue uh, that caused some soreness. So we're just, we're going to take it day to day here. We think he's going to return here soon. Uh, he's feeling better each day as he, as he progresses. So with Nick Gordon here, that could help, you know, build some depth with your infield starting today, but do you have the luxury to wait this out with Polanco to avoid a transaction, to avoid an injured list run? 
I, I think we're, we're going to hope so for sure. You know, certainly today, no transaction. We'll see how he shows up tomorrow. Once we get back home, uh, we're hoping that that, that goes well at some point though, Corey, what you're pointing to is, is exactly the way we think about it. At some point, does it make sense to just take those, those days down and try and reset? I, we feel like in Jorge's case, unlike maybe Michael Pineda recently or this Kenta situation, we think this can be managed here in the short term, but ultimately his symptoms and, and his, how he feels coming back will, will determine that. Alex Kirilov hurt his wrist in a head-first slide. Yesterday, it looked like Luis Arise's shoulder was going to come off in a head-first slide. Just put that into context if you can, and you watch that and say, why do these guys keep sliding head-first if these injuries pop up? Is that easier said than done? Yeah, you know, it, it, it is easier said than done for sure. Players are geared a certain way toward going into a base. Uh, there are some downsides on the flip side of, of feet first. I just mentioned Polanco, you know, hitting his foot a little hard on the base and, and maybe flared up. Uh, it's not without issue. Certainly, we do see those, though. And, and your point is, is well taken. It's sometimes even for me and the fan in me standing back there says, you know, could we go in feet first there? But guys are, are geared toward going after it. They have in this game for a long time. Uh, and it's hard to hard to retrain that for some for some players. I've asked Andy this, too, just because and I, you, we, over the years you watch spring training and you watch the different drills. And I've always wondered and, and I don't see every single drill. You see the, the, the pitchers and fielding practice. You see the different cut plays and batting practice and, and, and the jugs machine coming up for catchers, which is one of my more entertaining parts of spring training on a windy day in Fort Myers. But in terms of sliding, are there teams that practice sliding? And do the Twins even practice sliding? Yeah, it's something usually that you get to a bit before uh, the major league environment, right? So in the minor leagues, there's definitely some times where um, you'll see guys dive on on something that's a little more forgiving than than the dirt and, and the hard surface. Uh, it almost looks like a slip and slide activity to some degree, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a good it's a good training mechanism. You see it in college some, uh, but hopefully our guys by the time they're getting to the major leagues don't need to practice that too often because it is rough on the body for diving regularly. Uh, and those guys do do feel it after a while. All right, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk big picture about the team's performance, 16 and 29. Get Derek's thoughts on that. His biggest surprise, biggest disappointment so far when he looks at the first 45 games. More of our program, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Derek Falvey, Twins, and the Indians coming up about an hour from now from downtown Cleveland. Derek, we talked about injuries. We talked about specific players in the first segment. Now we shift more to the team's overall performance. 16 and 29, nobody saw this coming. As you look at the first 45 games, what disappoints you the most? Well, I think you just said it right there. Our, the outcomes here and where we are today, um, I, I'll, I'll sit here today. It's, I'm, I've been surprised by it at every turn. You know, we feel like this is a roster that has talent on it, um, that it has the ability to, to compete with some of the better teams, not just in our division, but across the game. We felt that way going into the year. At the end of the day, we haven't. And no one wants to hear excuses. No, nobody wants to hear about, you know, a couple bad bounces or bad luck. Sure, there's bad luck across, you know, across a couple of games along the way that's happened. But we need to own where we are. So I, I think what I'm most disappointed in is, is essentially the outcomes. I think we've had some good individual performances along the way, but we just haven't late in games uh, been able to close out some some key ones, whether those have been the extra inning tight games or one run games late uh, that have cost us and put us in this position. But we've got to show up today 
and we've got to just take on the game. And the thing I'm, I suppose I'm proud of is that none of our guys have stopped. Uh, you know, they keep trying to figure out a way to work going forward. That would, that would be what would scare me the most if our guys just, you know, uh, step back and said, Hey, it is what it is. I think our guys are grinding each and every day. What are some signs though, that that may be happening for the casual fan? You say it's not happening, but as you watch or listen, if we're not totally invested in it, like you are each and every day with the conversations and with the meetings, what would be an alarm that that may be happening with a player or two? Yeah, I think on the alarm side of it, right, certainly when you when you get to late in games and, and you don't have the ability to close it out, whether it's defensively uh, or, or from a, a pitching standpoint, you know, or getting at that timely hit. Now, some of those things tend to even themselves out over the course of a season. Even good teams go through tough stretches, you know, late in the game. But for us, I think the key is to make sure that, you know, we look at it, what can we control, you know, and that's, and that's playing good defense late in the game. That's, that's making sure we're throwing pitches where we need to execute them. I think that's been one of our bigger uh, issues along the way. It's not so much the stuff coming out of the bullpen and, and guys, you know, pitch qualities or velocity. It's that when we need to execute a pitch to a location late in the game, we're missing those locations. And so those are things that I know Wes and Pete and our, our pitching crew and otherwise is working with each individual player on, and you know, notwithstanding yesterday, Alex Colomay, a good, a good, a good example, who over the last couple of weeks really started to execute that cutter more consistently to where he wanted to, and that's led to better outcomes. So we just need to take each player individually, continue to work on their plan, and advance where they are from where they are today. Yeah, so this may surprise some fans, but in terms of bullpen and strikeout percentage, the Twins bullpen actually is fifth in terms of highest strikeout percentage of any American League bullpen where the strikeouts are not coming from, though, is the rotation. And is that more surprising than anything else in terms of the starting pitching performance overall? Yeah, I think we knew for some of our guys it wasn't a high strikeout group. You know, you, you don't you don't expect Michael Pineda or, or Jay Happ or even Matt Shoemaker to, to necessarily lead in the swing and miss categories. But I think Kenta for sure is somebody who you know has not pitched to the level that we would have expected up to this point. He'd be the first to admit that. You know, none of that's um, news to anybody here. And in, in many ways, it's been command. You know, the qualities of his pitches at times have looked much like they did last year. But when he misses and he misses middle or he misses up, you know, he's, he's paid for that. And so these are things that we need to continue to focus on refining for our guys, make sure that they, they have their individual plan. Because as you said, it's not one, it's not a one size fits all approach. You know, there are guys in our bullpen that are getting swing and miss. There are getting strikeouts, but maybe need to find a way to get ahead in the count earlier. So each guy has a different uh, thing they need to work on. And, and I, th- that has to be the focus on a, on a daily basis. Uh, with yesterday's result, the twins are now 0 and 8 in extra inning games this season. As you've studied everything in the numbers, has there been one common denominator as to why the twins are winless in those games? You know, it's uh, something I lose sleep over and, and think about probably probably too much at times. Um, you know, this uh, people have asked me recently how I like this new extra inning rule. Uh, I think I think that's a pretty easy answer for us right now. But I admit I'm biased on one side of this. It's 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 just been lately that for for whatever reason, I wish I could tell you there's one specific answer to it. You know, at times we've had a, a lapse on the defensive side, or maybe our you know, as we said uh, just a minute ago, our pitches we're not pitching to the location. But there have been times where we have had the opportunity to drive in a run or maybe get first and third with nobody out 
in that situation and can't cash in on the, in the top half or even bottom half of the inning. So it's a, it's a team effort, you know, and it's a, it's a team uh, struggle at this point. There's no way, there's no other way to put it. And I think that we need to find a way to continue to, to chip away. I don't think it's a psychological issue. I think some of this will iron itself out over time, but we need to, we need to collectively find a way to cash in those runs when we get them in the extra inning uh, you, format. You know, Derek, as we chat this morning, the Twins occupy the lowest winning percentage in all of baseball, not just in the American League. We've seen a few trades. Uh, one just happened two days ago with uh, Milwaukee and the Tampa Bay Rays. But as you look at the, the, the record and you look at the calendar right now, are the Twins sellers? I think, you know, as you said, uh, right now, there aren't many trades. There was that one just the other day. Uh, we talk to other teams all the time, you know, whether it's uh, usually April plays out the way it plays out. Every team gets their feet under them. But by the time May rolls around, and particularly late May, you're checking in with other teams to see what needs and other, other fits are. The, the truth of the matter is we are in a position where you just mentioned it. We're not in a good position uh, right now. Now we have time. We have time with the talent we have, we think, to get on a run. Uh, but we certainly need to prepare ourselves, you know, in every every possible direction. It would be um, it, it w- we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we weren't. So I would say right now we continue to focus on what's happening on the field with our guys, getting them to where they need to get to and not focusing on uh, the conversation of selling. But we need to get our guys on a run here soon. You know, Zach Plesak is going to pitch here today, and you were still with Cleveland when he was drafted. That was a really good 2016 draft that brought in Savali and Plesak and, of course, Shane Bieber. Do you see anything comparable to that right now building in the Twins system that that kind of frontline pitching is maybe at A ball, at double A, at triple A, that there is a future in terms of starting pitching that can truly be impactful at the big league level all coming together at one time? You know, I, I think when we looked down the minor leagues, this was one of the most disappointing aspects of losing last year is we felt like we had some young arms that were just ready to go, you know, and get that upper level experience and maybe become major league options for us soon. You know, the reality is not, not playing last season has delayed some of those timelines, but when I look down and I see someone who pitched last night in St. Paul, Joanne Duran, who's, who has great stuff, who we think can help us uh, sooner rather than later, Jordan Belazovic, these are two guys that are uh, consensus top 100 prospects across the game that we think are really good arms, good young arms. But behind that, I'm really excited about the crew of, of Josh Winder and Matt Canarino, uh, and then a kid who pitched last night for us in Wichita, Chris, uh, Valamont, who is somebody we got back in a trade uh, when we traded for Sergio Romo a couple of years ago, he, he came along with Sergio, who we were really high on at the time. Our scouts identified him, uh, some of our, our systems and what we were looking at. We think these guys can all come together and you hope that you can keep them moving quickly. Uh, you want to be thoughtful about that. You don't want to put anyone in harm's way, but we want to make sure that they build on the success they've had and the foundation they've had to become good pitchers here at the big league level soon. All right, we'll take our last break. When we come back, we'll get a health update on Byron Buxton. Also want to get Derek's thoughts on just the state of baseball right now. In this sense, there have been six no-hitters thrown. The record is seven, and it's not even yet June. Is that good for the game? Is that bad? We'll get Derek's take on that. When Inside Twins brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer wraps up next on your home for Twins Baseball. Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis and Derek Falvey back to wrap up our Sunday show. Chris standing by with the Adana Realty pregame show momentarily. Byron Buxton, uh, there was some optimism at some point that maybe was going to be playing with the St. Paul Saints this weekend. Derek, that hasn't happened. What do we know about Byron right now? 
Yeah, I think Byron, you know, we've taken it day to day. Uh, there wasn't anything in terms of setback or otherwise. I know there was maybe some hope that he could get on the field sooner rather than later, but this is a unique strain, you know, something that you don't see all that often in a, a position player. So it's something we are just taking a, a little more cautiously because the last thing we need is for Byron to come back at 75% and, and not feel uh, like he can really go and then have some setback. So we're hopeful this week that we, as we're progressing to more baseball activities on the field, he's running a little more, he's feeling better. Uh, hopefully we see some news by the middle of the week, maybe the later portion. All right, leaving the Twins now, a guy that you know well, Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter with the uh, Yankees in Arlington, and now there have been six no-hitters. Oddly enough, uh, three teams have been no-hit twice uh, so far this season, Cleveland, uh, Seattle, and Texas. Good for the game that six no-hitters and not even yet June. Their modern-day record is seven for one full season. You know, I, I, I watch it, and, I'm, you know, you, you love to watch those ninth innings. Those are, those are tense moments, right, when you're getting to the end. And I'm sure, as you guys know, you're calling those. Those are, those are pretty special when you get down the stretch. Uh, but prior to that, obviously, there's not much activity during those games and something that we need to, to, to take a look at. I think it's something that we need to address across the game. I know the commissioner is focused on that. The teams have we, we have committees that are working on it, but we need to we need to get more action in the game. We've talked about that. And I think right now that's a reflection of maybe where we are from a pitcher hitter standpoint in, in the game of baseball. Some of the new rules in minor league baseball, has there been more action, which which is what MLB wanted when they put those rules in so far? I think you're seeing some at the lower minor levels. You're seeing with the new step off rules and some of the how you hold runners, uh, how many times you can throw over to first base. You are seeing increases in stolen bases. I, we're trying to figure out exactly what that means, um, how how teams are doing it. You know, this is why the minor leagues are there to, to to test out some of these before we get to the big league environment. So I think some are having more of an impact early on than than others. Uh, but I hope that we can learn a lot from this and, and can really collectively come together to talk about ways to, to improve the game. Final 30 seconds. Which one of the new rules do you think is most impactful and could seriously be at the big league level sooner rather than later? Well, in, in terms of timing, I'm not sure I can answer that. You know, that is obviously much above my pay grade. But the one that's been impactful that I think is the step off rule in the minor leagues uh, at the low A level. It's impacted stolen bases at a rate that's much higher than I think people would have expected. So that one could be considered given what it's what it's doing for the game at that level. You could see that before the automated strike zone. Well, I think both are definitely any rule that's currently in play is, is part of the process. But I would say that both of those uh, have an impact. I, th I just think the step-off rule has impacted stolen bases more than anything else. Hey, Derek, thanks for the time. Enjoyed it as always. Thanks for having me on. Uh, that's Derek Falvey, our Sunday guest. Twins and the Indians coming up. The Adana Realty pregame show with Chris Atterbury is moments away. Thanks for listening. More to come right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 